Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, welcome back to Online Darts. We're still in Zoom, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. And of course, we've got PDC Chief Exec Matt Poor. Matt, it's been a while. First of all, how are you? Because I can imagine these last few months have arguably been the toughest of your professional career. They have, yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a good way of summing it up, Phil. Probably since, uh, it, you know, organising um, behind closed doors events or, or staging behind closed doors events is not that difficult because you take so many components out of a normal event. There's no crowd, very little sponsor activity. You know, so there's nothing, no issues with tickets or anything like that. Um, and then essentially they're just darts matches with cameras pointed at them, you know, so that, so it become, that bit becomes quite easy, but the planning is really difficult and particularly the travel issues with things like the world cup, the world championship, and then the logistical issues with the amount of players we had at Q school and stuff like that. I, I would agree with you. It has been, you know, I can't think of a tougher period for sure. Yeah. It's hard to believe that it's coming on for a year that that fateful night in Liverpool, as, mm -hmm. as I keep saying that we all said in the media room, well, we probably won't see you next week, but we'll, we'll see you in a few weeks. And it may, mm -hmm nearly a year on, we're still there. I don't think any of us could quite believe it. No, you're right. And and I think the the best thing to do at the moment is to look forward because I think looking yeah. back on this last year is, you know, is, is always going to be difficult. And I, I would hope it's unique. And, I, you know, I'd hope it's a, it's a path that none of us ever have to take again. Um, and I think now the fact that we have got some sort of roadmap back to normality um, you know, as I sit here on the upper balcony at the Winter Gardens, look, <laughs> you know, but this is what we all want, isn't it? This image behind me, you know, is is what we as darts fans crave to have back. And it looks like, fingers crossed, we will have it again this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on the Winter Gardens in a minute, but I just want to go back to the Worlds because we spoke pre-Worlds and you said it would be like a sledgehammer to the sport if Boris did a U-turn mm. and after night one... He did. What did that feel like? Because obviously oh, we, were we were there on night one and it was yeah. amazing. Limited crowd, but they were yeah. all in there. 
they enjoyed it and it was one of the most covid secure places you could ever have been yeah, yeah and just yeah. for one night must have been for no. you and the team gut-wrenching the effort it was it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. You know, I mean, it was a huge amount of work that had gone into it. And we were so grateful for the support of the fans who'd gone out and bought tickets and, and trusted us to keep them safe in that environment. And I think, you, you know, you you called it right. You know, nobody, nobody went into that environment with the aim of jeopardising anybody else's safety or not following the rules or anything like that. And those few hundred people were respectful and they enjoyed it. And they got involved as far as you can in that kind of environment because... Clearly, the darts atmosphere is built around the intensity of a full arena. So when you've got a two-thirds, three-quarters empty arena, whatever it is, it's never going to get red hot. Um, but they still got behind it and they enjoyed the action. And, and I think they felt they were maybe part of something special that night because clearly on that, on that night, they knew and we knew that they were going to be the only ones who were allowed in. Um, so it, it, was, it was a sort of moment in time. Um, but yeah, it was brutal to to have to uh, then take it all out again and put the banners up and stuff like that. But I think we did it as well as we could do. I think the walkway down the middle looked good. I think the big banners looked good, uh, and people got used to it. You know, it was it was it's something that that we've become accustomed to over recent months. Yeah, and more from a financial point of view. I remember speaking to Barry, and he said we lost four million on the world. Mm. That that can't happen too often, can it? I know you, you said the pot's always been there, but that's mm. a huge hit for one tournament. It, it is, yeah. And don't forget that, you know, events like Players' Championship events and European Tour events are underpinned by the profit that is made from events like the World Championship and the Premier League. You know, those tour events generate almost no revenue whatsoever, but we, we commit to putting on, you know, if we can, 30 a year to keep the players going, to give them a living. You know, we don't have to do those events. We could just say, is the World Championship, is the Premier League, is the World Match Play, the Grand Slam, blah, 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 get on with it. But we want, you know, we want to be a professional tour and a professional circuit. So you have to have those flagship events to pay for the day-to-day -day bread and butter stuff for, for, for the players and particularly the players who don't always get the chance to play on TV and, and earn, earn decent money. So um, yeah, it's, it's not a, 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 it's a pot that we can still dig in deep in, sorry, reach into, but it's not a bottomless pot. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously world championship changed everything. A new world number one, a new world mm. champion in Gavin Price good times for the sport that is so competitive fantastic yeah I mean the fact that we, we didn't know who was going to win the event you know it was was great you know as much as when you've got that marquee flagship player who can play to a better standard than everybody else as much as he's a fantastic flag waver for the sport and it doesn't matter if that's Phil Taylor Michael Van Gerwen Peter Wright Gerwin Price Gary Anderson whoever that is doesn't really matter um but the the, the excitement factor of having five or six different potential winners is huge, you know, um, and particularly with the different environment of having no crowd, people take to that in different ways, you know, some some prefer it, some don't like it, and Gerwin's actually been quite vocal saying he didn't like it, but he's obviously got his head around it, and, and he was fantastic, and he's a great world champion for us. Yeah, one thing that came out of the world championships, it was the gamesmanship angle, raised its head quite, quite a big way, because a lot of people got involved from the, the media, the Sky team, and certainly Gary Anderson. Is that something that you're looking at the DRA with to put something in place to stop things like this happening or are you just going to let it flow and go with it? It depends what it is, doesn't it? I mean, you know, Gary's of a certain mentality and, he, you know, he doesn't like it if anybody on stage isn't behaving 100% the way that he is. And that's his, that's his right. You know, he's a great player. He's won almost everything the sport's got to offer and, he, you know, he, he's, his opinion is always valid. Um, but... 
maybe modern sport is a bit different. You know, maybe I'm not su suggesting anybody should be cheating or, or doing anything to deliberately put their opponent off, but maybe you have to have a different mentality to be able to deal with every eventuality. You know, and the strength of players, the pl players who have the strength to shrug that off. And Gary actually has got that strength, yeah. you know, as was shown, because he won, he won the match, you know. Yeah. Um, but he obviously doesn't like it, and then he makes his opinion known, which is fine, absolutely fine. No issue with that whatsoever. Um, but he's not going to retire just because of it. Like, he wins and then says, oh, I'm done, I'm done, I'm walking away. You're not going to retire, Gary. Don't worry, you'll retire one day and go and fish on them lakes, and that would be brilliant, you'll love it. But you're not going to retire because someone played slow against you. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, a, bit, a bit of needle doesn't really doesn't really hurt. Clearly, if somebody's cheating, we'll clamp down on that, you know. Um, but ultimately, it's just part of live sport, isn't it? It adds to the drama. Like you say, it's UFC and boxing are built on trash talking in press conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't really want to get to that level. And we don't have that same head-to-head -head mentality. You know, yeah. like if you took Fury Joshua, for example, if they fight each other no times once or twice in their careers, that would be it. But player A in darts might play player B in darts 15 yeah. times a year. So you can't really, unless there's something exceptional, you can't really build that, that rivalry in that respect because if it's just one beating one, then one beating the other and stuff, then it doesn't become like that. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if you look at, Tennis with, say, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic and Murray. That's more like people talk about that more as a dynasty. Yeah. You know, those four players being the best tennis players, the most successful, great ambassadors, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't necessarily... And they look at the head-to-head -head record, of course, but they don't necessarily worry so much if one beats the other because they're going to be playing each other again in a couple yeah, of weeks. And, and if you look at maybe, you know, our most successful players of, of recent times, Michael, Gary, Peter, Gerwin... Rob, whoever, you know, they're, they're all going to be beating each other yeah. over because they're going to play each other so regularly. So you, you can't really sort of play on that on that individual needle so much. But obviously you do get rivalries that build up within that because why would they all like each other? They're there to take money out of each other's pockets. Yeah. Moving on there, the Masters, first time 24 players, even though behind closed doors, mm -hmm. a huge success. And you must be happy with the way that all played out. Yeah, really pleased. You know, it was the, the decision to, um, it wasn't an event we had to put extra players in. Nobody was clamouring for it, saying, oh, the Masters has got to be 24. It'd be so much better. But actually, you know, it was extra content um, and it gave more players. We felt the strength in depth was there to justify it. And that was borne out by Mervyn and Johnny getting to the final. You know, fantastic from the pair of them. Um, and, and I think it, it, it certainly didn't harm the tournament in any way, shape or form. No one could say it was worse because it was 24 instead of 16. And I think ultimately, as I say, because of those two guys getting to the final, it proved that, that it was a warranted decision. Yeah. And as you guys, Barry told us about the director's WhatsApp chat as it started pinging mm. in the evening, when it became apparent that, hang on a minute, we could have the final that two players aren't in the Premier League and are we going to commit to it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of during after the afternoon session, really, and we, and we discussed various scenarios. And we said, well, look, you know, we've put players in the Premier League because they've won TV tournaments. So it's, I think there was only one of the semi-finalists had, had, had won. My memory's rubbish, but was it Peter or somebody was in the semis who, who was in the other three? Maybe James was was the other one. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, no, if they're going to win on TV, then they then they deserve it, you know, because there wasn't an outstanding other candidate. You know, had there been, we may have done that after the World Championship. There were plenty of people who you had half a case for, 
Yeah. And, okay. you know, but there wasn't anybody who you could conclusively say, this guy deserved it. He's done enough over the year. He's got to be in it. He's, you know, he's playing to the level. He's winning enough matches. He's entertaining, blah, blah, blah. So it's a case of, no, okay, well, if Johnny or Mervyn win it, fair play. They deserve it. They'll be in it. And for Welsh starts, it's a huge thing at the moment. It's a real yeah. hot. Everyone used to talk about Stoke, but Wales as a country now is absolutely blossoming. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Because our world champion and world number one is now the second best player in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Johnny Clayton at the, at the, the, in Bolton. Unbelievable. I mean, I was watching some of the streams following the, the Dark Connect and, and Twitter and everything. It's like Clayton wins, Clayton wins, Clayton wins. Fair play to the... I mean, I, I remember saying to Johnny in, uh, in, in Coventry last year, are you going to actually take this seriously and go full time? He's like, well, I'll see how I go if I, you know, if I... If I if I, if I fancy it, if I win anything, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you you know, he's that good being part-time. Yeah, sure. surely, surely he's got to push the button. Surely. Yeah, you would think so. Um, and then from there, obviously, Q school, huge changes, huge logistical mm. problems because of the amount of people. But you must have been over the moon how that 10-day period went on both yeah. sides. Yeah, very pleased, very pleased. And, 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 you know, fair play to everybody at PDC Europe as well for the way that they staged that event in Niederhausen as well. It's a, it's a good venue over there. It's a, it's a, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's a hotel with a, with a conference hall and it's almost in the middle of nowhere. So it's, it's really good to do a bubble app because everybody's in, they're tested and there's nowhere to go. And they had a slightly different scenario over there to what we had here in that their restaurants and bars could stay open. Yeah. So food service was, was a lot easier over there than it was here in Milton Keynes where it was pretty much room service only or, or supermarket only for 10 days, you know, which isn't easy for people. Um, but we'd made the decision that we had to go to two stages. We felt it was the right thing to do. That Certain players deserve some form of um, status above maybe just someone who's paying to give it a go for the first time, you know, and we don't want to ever cut off the route for the person who's paying to give it a go for the first time. But perhaps if you've been a pro or you've done well on the challenge or development tours, that you deserve a, a little leg up, not, not an easy shoe in, but a little leg up. So it, it fitted in with what we had to do in terms of reducing the numbers of people on site. The, the stage 1A and stage 1B, we don't know if that's something that, that will stay forever because it, you know, it, it worked okay. It made it a lot more expensive. You know, the, the, the event for players, you know, some people were there in Milton Keynes for 10 days, which is not, you know, it's not, not an insignificant amount of money they've got to spend. Um, and uh, it, you know, in, in non-COVID times, you may not need to do stage 1A and 1B. You might do, but you might just do it all stage one and then have a stage two for qualify, for, for players who qualify. Uh, but, but pleased overall with how it went out and some great stories, you know, obviously Barney coming out of Europe, Danny Baggish, you know, so, so no, really, really good. Yeah, touching on Barney, obviously he retired and he wasn't, you could see mentally he wasn't in a good place, but it looks like mm. that time away has really invigorated him because... He looks completely hmm. different to the man we saw for the last two years of his first. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I mean I've not spoke to Raymond about this, but I don't know if he if he really really saw it as retirement or whether he saw it as a sabbatical and a step back. You know, he's not he's not a player who, who in, nobody enjoys losing, but he's not a player who can he's particularly comfortable with not winning. Yeah. You know, and and he he wasn't winning, was he? You know, for a player who's won so much in his career, he wasn't reaching the levels that he would aspire to reach. So I think he found that difficult. Um, and, and I think, you know, he's he, the traveling and, and the pressure and stuff like that was, was clearly sitting heavy on his shoulders. So maybe that break and perhaps that realization during 2020, when there was nothing going on, that he had something that he, he actually wanted as opposed to resented. Uh, yeah. Resented might be too hard a word, but you get the idea, you know, maybe that, 
that, that hit home. And fair play to him for going to Q school. You know, and Phil Taylor said it. I don't think, you know, Phil said he, he just wouldn't suit, it just wouldn't be for him, you know. And for, for someone of Raymond's stature to turn up at Q school against players who have paid online to, to be there, you know, and, and could throw a 40 average or 105 average, Fair play to Raymond for actually, you know, having the strength of character to turn up there and and pretty much blow the field out of sight. Although he didn't win any of the first stage days, it, you know, he, he he was relatively comfortable. You know, what he did in the first two days got him got him there. And then, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's it's good to see him back. It'd be good for Dutch darts and, and good for the PDC. Yeah, the, the one negative that we saw about Q School on social media was the the camp back rule. Is that something that you'll maybe look at and assess? I'm not, I spoke about this on a podcast the other day. I'm not sure we necessarily see it as a negative. What, 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 the way we saw it was that we didn't... You have to be very careful when you've got a round with buys in it. Yeah. Because if you're a player and you've been given a buy, okay, you're through to the next round, but you've also been denied the opportunity to improve your leg difference. Yeah. If you ask Rod Harrington, he would say to you, he would rather play in that preliminary round and win 6-0 and have a, a plus six leg advantage on his tally rather than be given a buy straight to the second round because of his confidence in his own ability. Yeah. If you haven't got that confidence in your own ability, you probably shouldn't be there. So I get the point that people were saying it, was, it wasn't fair because certain that, that first round and the legs that were won in that round didn't count. But ultimately, that was done in a way to ensure that everybody was playing off a level playing field. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's, that is un- whether you agree with it or disagree with it, you can't argue that by having every, everybody counting from the same position, it's fair. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was just probably the only negative that came up on social media mm. across Q School. Everyone else really, really liked it. And another yeah, one. Opinions are good. We want opinions. And we were asked to ask you next yeah. year, at potential, could we see some sort of stream or televised parts of Q School? Next maybe, year. maybe, maybe. It's not, look, it's, again, we want it to be a level playing field. You know, these guys, by definition, guys and girls, these are players are not professional by definition. You know, they are, they are uh, striving to get into the professional game. It's okay for us to ask professional players to play on a stream board because they're professional and they should be able to cope with that. But Q School is very important that it's even, level, fair, whatever you want to call it. And it's very important that everybody plays in the same conditions because they're striving to get this, this, you know, this ticket. There's also a question of demand. There might be demand from a core of fans, but there has to be a wider commercial demand in order to make streaming financially viable. You know that from some of the streaming work that you've, that you've done yourself. Um, You know, so it's, it's a, it's a balancing act and it, it might, it, it, yeah, it might do at some point, you know, but it's not something that we're dead saying, yeah, we've got to go and get, get Q school string, but it might, you know, it might move forward to that place at some point. Now to some better news, obviously Boris announced the roadmap to yeah. normality, fingers crossed. And as soon as that come out, all eyes were looking to that very famous venue. Yeah. Behind. Are you confident that we will see a capacity crowd under normal circumstances? Yeah, as I, as I sit here talking to you on the 3rd of March, I am, because that's what we've been told. 21st of June, no social distancing measures. You know, we, we're yet to see the detail and we're yet to see how things will unfold over the next three to four months. But we have to have something to strive for. Um, and the way our calendar falls, 
you know, the Premier League being the and, and the and the World Cup being the only sort of things before then, the match play is set up perfectly to be our, our big return to normality. We've sold over 10,000 tickets for, for, to people who wanted to go in 2020. Um, you know, they, they've had the opportunity to, to obtain refunds. Only about 5% did. So people have got that appetite to go back to Blackpool and, and, and see the world match play. And we want to be able to deliver that for them in, in four and a half months time. Obviously, you touched on the, the calendar and everything like that. With this roadmap, are you obviously? I'm guessing you've got it all mapped out, but you're just holding on to it in case something changes because a lot. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all. I'm. That's, that's my life, Phil. Is <laughs> spreadsheet. It's called. It's called PDC Calendar underscore V for version, and normally it gets to about three for the year. It this year, it's like got so many numbers after it. This year's one, it's ridiculous. But it's um, yeah, it's uh. It's something we're working on. We're looking at the World Cup, um, you know, in, in June. Does that make sense? Will, will everyone be able to travel there? Will we be able to have a crowd? Maybe, maybe not. Um, second half of the Premier League. But we are hoping that from Blackpool onwards, we can start, you know, um, putting the, the normal TV events in the normal places, in the normal venues, normal times, get the European Tour back up and running. Uh, World Series might be a challenge this year, again, because of travel restrictions. Um, but you know we're, uh, we're we're hoping that second half of the year will resemble as close to normality as possible. Touching on the Premier League, there obviously you had to make the the decision to put the first nine behind closed doors. Was that mm. arguably one of the toughest decisions you've had to make because of commercially and everything like that? That goes. Yeah, it, it wasn't a difficult decision because it was it was a forced upon us decision. It was an unfortunate decision to have to make, um, and commercially, yeah, it's another killer. You know, it's it's a lot of, a lot of money in gate receipts, a lot of money, and and it goes back to what I was saying at the start of the interview. That money is used then to fund pro tour, challenge tour, development tour, any other events that we do. You know, so to to miss out on a lot of that was difficult. The, the biggest challenge with the Premier League is that it's played across seven different countries. Because obviously here in the UK, the, the four nations have their own yeah. rights over COVID or you know rulemaking, whatever it is. So with that, Ireland, Germany and the Netherlands, even if we were allowed events in one country, wouldn't necessarily mean we were in another. So it's it's tricky with the Premier League and it's going to be tough to get any sort of crowd in this year. Um, but maybe, maybe a little bit towards the end, you never know. Okay, that, that was next on my list. Would you hold off that back end of it until after July if you could get crowds or will it be before the match play? Yeah, it'll be before the match play. We haven't got time. You know, if, if we are normal after the match play, we'll be playing We'll be playing constantly, um, you know, and we, we won't have time. We, you know, we've also got uh, broadcast contracts, sponsor contracts, you know, we've got agreements with the players. So, um, no, we, we won't delay the Premier League to the second half of the year. I think the fans like it in the spring as well. It give, you know, it's a good lead up to, to um, you know, to, to the, the sort of main bulk of the year when, when our events are. And I think if we were to just put it in the second half of the year just for the sake of it, um, it might lose some of, its, some of its impact. So the likelihood is the whole Premier League will be behind closed doors? You, you would say, you would say not, not too far away from that, yeah. Obviously, as well, with a lot changed, the UK Open this year, um, no riders qualifiers again for obvious um, reasons. A lot of people asking about the Grand Slam, and I'm guessing it's going to be something similar, that it's probably going to be an all-PDC field this year because there's been no other darts to give picks away from. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's obviously a bit of a, a sort of um, reshaping of the landscape in the amateur darts world at the moment. And we'll wait to see how that transpires. You know, a lot of these new organisations seem to have good ideas, but haven't had the opportunity to put them into practice yet because of COVID. So the, there is no obvious BDO replacement, although I hear they're still going. So, you know, I don't know. But the, the, um, the uh, you know, the, the, the picture isn't clear, whether it's BDO, WDF, MAD, UKDA, Tri-Nations, whoever it is, you know, there's people trying to, to claim that, that ground in, in the amateur darts world, um, but nobody can do that at the moment. So until we see somebody do that and, um, you know, put together something that's credible enough to warrant any sort of qualifiers, then we, we're not going to move on that. You know, we can provide our own qualifiers if we need to. That's not a problem. Yeah, you touched on the BDO still being alive, although it's not, obviously PDC relevant, it's still darts relevant. That Friday night, as it all went down on social media, did that, obviously one of the negatives, paint the sport in such a bad light, the way that all went down? It's not great, is it? I mean, it's you know, no one ever likes to see in, internal politics and things like that. But what I would say is that I think if we'd have been having this conversation 10 years ago, it might have done more damage to darts than it did yeah. happening now. You know, I think with respect to the BDO, their positioning in the sport is not what it was. And I'm not sure that many people, perhaps outside the immediate darts in a circle, noticed. Fair one. And going back to the UK Open on the horizon um, this weekend, all in one room in Milton Keynes. Like, yeah. like the old days at, at, at the mm. Reebok. Mm. A lot of fans excited about this. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bigger space, the Marshall Arena. It's a, you know, yeah. it's, a big, it's a big space. And I was asked the other day why it was all in one room. And I was like, well, because... There's one big room there, you know, so it's 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 um it's clearly not going to have fans. So we don't really need to put it in different rooms and there won't be, you know, audio and stuff like that across each board. Um, but the way that you'll see the ITV presentation um, in the room, sort of that they'll you'll be able to see what's happening around and, and it'll look good. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't tell you who's going to win it. Well, I don't think anyone can. It's literally a, a complete lottery this year, but it's a good way to get the ranked televised titles underway mm. going to a tournament not having a clue who's going to win totally yeah and, the, and that format as well you know you've got to be on it haven't you you haven't got time to warm up and and, and get going because best of 11 in those first few rounds you'll be dumped out and the, the, there'll be plenty of new players with not a lot of respect for reputation so any of the big names who who are in it you know before the before it gets the best of 19 are going to have to uh, you know watch out Again, another one that come up on the UK Open, obviously COVID dependent and all that, but will the amateur aspect still be in next year's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we still talk to Riley's all the time. Um, you know, we, we we want them to be back up and open again. They're they're a great um, they're a great uh, destination for for amateur dart players and semi professional dart players. Um, you know, we want to see more people playing darts outside the PDC circuit more regularly because that's where the next generation of PDC players will come from. So, you know, we'd very much look to work with Riley's next year and get their qualifiers back in at Minehead. And again, just, just a couple odds and sods here just to tidy up, Matt. Obviously, if you don't mind, a lot of people touching on the prize money situation and what you said there about these TV tournaments paying for the other mm. smaller tournaments. Well, potentially, we have to see a cut in some prize money across the board over the next 18 months to, to take this or can the pot take the hit? No, we're OK. We're OK. You know, as long as, we, as, long as the current position of you know, sort of July onwards is, is upheld, then, then we'll be okay. Um, you know, it's it's not, it, we're not p pushing the red button yet. And that, that's understandable. And then obviously you touched on the World Series, it's not looking likely because of it. 
those gaps that are normally World Series, will we still see tournaments or will they just be dead weeks or are you going to fill them somehow? No, I, I think, you, you know, I think possibly not. If, if, we, if we can't do um, what we want to do in early June, that might, be, that might not be anything else. But I think if we can't go to Australia and New Zealand in August, then we would look to, you know, we'd look to uh, have some form of activity during that period to fill that gap because, you know, we're, we're going to have to fit a lot of, what would have originally been in the first half of the year into the second half of the year. So that might give us that opportunity to do so um, if we're unable to go to Australia and New Zealand. And, and you know, the main factor revolving around that will be the 14 day quarantine. Uh, you know, if that's, if that's compulsory, then that's not going to be practical for us. Um, I think they do have pretty decent sort of percentage filled crowds over there at the moment. Um, and we've sold some tickets, although we're not obviously selling anything at the moment because there's no guarantee we're going. Um, but I, I wouldn't 100% rule that one out yet, but it's probably looking that way. Yeah, no, definitely, Matt. Absolute pleasure. I know you're, you're a busy man, so thanks for taking time out on my darts, mate. We massively appreciate it, as always. I look forward to seeing you soon. Look forward to it. Thanks again. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 